in this room anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club, and it's Friday. Yes, it's Friday. Ah, man, I'm glad the weekend is here, but it's the same bullish going on. Well, if you don't know uh, any updates, we'll give you updates of what's going on in Minneapolis. We'll also give you updates with the coronavirus. Now, this morning before, um, I should say last week before the Breakfast Club went on vacation, we taped a couple of interviews. One was pretty Ricky. Uh, we're going to get that back on today. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about. We're going to open up the phone lines. A lot has happened. You know, the DA of Minneapolis uh, prosecuting attorney said uh, they don't know if there's enough information to necessarily prosecute the officers. That hit different when I when I heard that that conference yesterday. So we'll talk about that. Also, uh, they burned down the, the, the third precinct. Now, the third precinct is the precinct where... Both of the four cops were employed by. They burnt that whole precinct down. We'll talk about that as well. They've been riding uh, in um, Minneapolis and other states as well. People have been protesting. People have been arrested. It seems like there's been more police brutality all over the country. And I'm tired of people saying this. And this is what I'm tired of. I'm tired of people saying, well, you know, you don't get that mad when it's black on black crime. Or when it's black on black people fighting each other or when it's minorities going at each other. That's weak to me. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes, you're absolutely right. When black on black crime happens, we should be mad. But let's not change Let's not change the goal line. That's like when you get in an argument with your man or you get in an argument with your girl or your wife and you start talking about, well, putting up the toilet seat and then all of a sudden it's, well, you remember five years ago when you did this to me? No, we're not talking about what happened before. We're talking about this instant right now. We could we can talk about that later. But right now we're talking about this and how this is affecting us and what we've seen the last couple of days. So all the comments about, oh, well, we don't know. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this specific in, in instance. We're talking about how police continue, continue to disrespect us and kill us and kill unarmed us. But we'll talk about it more and get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you want to get things off your chest, you can call us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. We're here. Uh, Charlemagne and Yeo on vacation. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, while all this is going on, while everything's happening in the world right now, Donald Trump signs a new law targeting social media companies after allegedly Twitter started to fact check them to see what he was saying was right. So now with everything going on, this is what he signs today. Let's hear audio. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield. 
That's crazy. That's what he's thinking about in a time like this, making sure social media doesn't fact check him, huh? Well, in George uh, Floyd's case, they're saying allegedly that he worked at the same club as the officer that had the knee in his neck. Now, allegedly, uh, George Floyd worked at a, a club doing security at night, and they're saying that the owner also allegedly said that this young, this I guess it's a young individual, but this officer also worked at the same club. So I don't know if there was a previous or a prior problem, but it just seems strange that he would do that to this man and he have that have that that knee on his neck for that long. For no reason. That that just seems strange. Well, also, the attorney, prosecuting attorney Mike Freeman said there's other evidence showing no wrong and believes George Floyd's killer might not be charged. Let's hear audio of that. And I think people will be hard for us to understand how you can't bring charges at least against the officer who had his knee on that man's neck. It's a violation of my ethics to talk and evaluate evidence before we announce our charging decision. And I will not do that. I will say this, that that video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. But my job in the end is to prove that he violated a criminal statute. Which I can't see why they can't prove that immediately. I mean, the man was, we all seen the video. He was lifeless. The man wasn't fighting back. He was screaming, I can't breathe. He was screaming, my stomach hurts. There was no fight in that, man. You had his hands tied behind his back, handcuffed. What was he going to do? Karate kick you? What's the worst, bite you? It was three of you guys on him. There was no, there was no reason for that. And lastly, uh, protesters burnt down the third precinct uh, last night in Minneapolis. Uh, that is the precinct employed, which employed the four officers that were involved in this case. So the third precinct was set on fire and, you know, they sent out warnings last night to please back away from the third precinct because they felt it was going to explode and blow up. But the third precinct was set on fire by protesters and burnt down. And that is your front page news. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, call us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning, man. Get it off your chest. Hey, man, I just wanted to talk about the whole killing thing, man. And I just Mm -hmm. want to let everybody know, like, this protesting, we've been doing this for, like, way too long. Nothing's going to happen from it. Everybody just want to do the little MLK protesting instead of actually doing action. I believe in it, but I also believe in the Malcolm X fighting for a cause anymore. You know, I think we need an eye for our eyes to just protest and actually get a point across. I'm pretty sure you've seen the Donald Trump, uh, what he just said, right? What part? The thugs? When you see yeah. the thugs are out there rioting uh, and looting? Yeah. How they just going to come out shooting just because we're trying to get our point across on how we feel about how they're killing us for the past few years. So I just think it's time to actually get an eye for an eye, actually get a point across to show them, like, stop doing it. And if you keep doing it, it's going to be precautions to it. You know, all cops aren't bad, right? And you know that all cops standing up saying that this individual was wrong. So, you know, so so what do you propose that we do? 
our community needs to go after the people that kills us. Not saying all cops are bad, but the ones that's crooked doing their stuff, they need to go after those people. You know, if it was me out there, just like how it was back in the day, how, you know, the people used to protect the neighborhood against those crooked cops, it needs to be the exact same way, go after those crooked cops. Now, I agree with you. I feel like we need to we need to kind of make sure we protect and police our own communities. But, you know, I mean, to go out and just hurt random people and hurt random police officers, I don't think it's the key. I don't think it's the way. Uh, I do feel you, and I do feel like sometimes they're pushing us not to do it the right way when they're saying we don't know if there's enough information or if there's enough proof, because that's bullish. But thank you for calling, brother. Hello, who's this? Samara. Good morning, mama. Good morning, you guys. I want to get some things off my chest this morning. I want mm-hmm. to talk about um, the police, um, how they out here killing our black men, and how scary it is because I have three sons myself, and this is so scary that you don't know if your kid's going out to go to work, come home. You don't know if your kid's going to come home. It's, it's just scary. I don't, this is it's painful and it's hurtful. Right. Uh, it's, it's very scary. Like I said, I have two young boys, I have five kids. And it's very scary, you know, and, and watching it with them. And it makes me feel bad. It, it, it puts me in a, in a feeling, in a situation where it's like, damn, can I really protect my son? Can, right, can I protect right. my child? If my child is doing the right thing, can I protect right. them? You know, and, and, what and, you and your kids when they asking these questions, like, why are the police doing this? You know, they, they don't know. I told them the truth. I got a 16 year old. I mean, of course, the six year old. I didn't tell, but the you know the the sixteen year old absolutely positively. I told him I I I want him to see what's going on out there, so he knows when he is going out in the world. He knows what he has to stand against. He knows who he you know he knows what what the real world is like. It's not all peaches and cream. He knows what he has to go against when he goes out there in that world each and every day. Every day. Absolutely. Thank you so much, thank you guys. Y'all thank you. You too. Now. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, DJ Andy. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? PG, I'm from Minnesota. Good morning, Mama. Man, I just wanted to get out there, DJ Envy, that our city is hurting, first of all. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy here. And the police is just really starting some of the stuff. Like, they definitely starting um, some of the fires. We've discovered that. And they're trying to make it seem like we did it. And we're causing all these violence at these mm-hmm. protests. And it's not even us starting They my bad. They um been pepper spraying us and doing all types of stuff. So they've been starting stuff to make it look bad. We can't ever just be out pro, uh, peacefully doing something. They gotta mm-hmm. incite something and it make us look bad on TV like we savages and thugs and stuff out there when really they're the thugs. Right, absolutely. Well, you know, we and love you and you guys please be safe out there, man. You know. Thank you. Although, I, you know, Very I think proud. I'm like everybody. I want justice for George Floyd, and I want these cops to be arrested, but I also want my people out there to be careful and be safe, you know? Absolutely. Me, too. Me, too. I just want everyone to know, like, that's not it with the looting and all that, and because that's what they want to do. They want to show us looking bad on TV. They don't want us to see us on the good side and, and us being out there peacefully. We just want justice for this man. 
what he what happened to him was murder and we want to see these four police officers brought in and that's really what we're wanting and that's why all this stuff is happening because we're hurting we're at our breaking point absolutely absolutely well thank you for calling in please be safe out there hello who's this hi this is shy hey shy where you calling from I'm actually calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Good morning. This, how you feeling this, this this on this Friday? You know, I honestly could be a lot better. I'm just being honest with you. I was riding and I was listening to you, and you know, I I think that you brought up a very good point about everyone bringing up the black on black crime and not having an issue. And you know, you kind of made that a point, but then I kind of I kind of wanted to add to that. It's not that we're so upset about the fact that, you know, it was more black on black. We should be more upset about that. I think that what we need to be more upset about is the fact that these police officers, what they're here for is they're here to protect and to serve. So that is what they were trained to do. If we look into it, and God forbid, they, someone did bomb the police building. If they turned around and they looked into it, and this man was trained to be able to build a bomb, is he not going to go to prison for that? So why would this man who was trained to be able to subdue a man and to kill a man with his bare hands, why should he be allowed to walk free from that? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So I mean, honestly, I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, when that, when that uh, district attorney yesterday said he doesn't know if there's enough evidence, it just, it just killed, it, it just killed everything in me. Because before that, I, I, you know, I really, and maybe this is just dumb me. I, I really had hope. I said, you know what? This guy will get prosecuted. We all seen the video. Now, there was no, well, right. the guy was fighting back or the guy was, no. We all seen three officers holding this man down, you know? And then, which is another slap in the face, when they released the, the one of the body footage, the body camera footage, mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. when they took everything out, like what kind of body footage was that? It, it, you couldn't Absolutely. see anything. They blocked everything out. They didn't. Uh, you couldn't hear the voice. That was that was just a slap in the face. That just shows like they have no respect, no nothing for us, uh, nothing. And when I when you really look into it, you know. They take advantage of the fact there's literally police officers that have their own, um, that that literally are out there watching Facebook and watching the posts. You don't even have to be a police officer anymore. The the, the crimes are solved right there, and and people are admitting their guilt every day. And they are taking these clips, and they are literally going, and they're prosecuting these people. I just don't understand how how a video can just, deter anyone from saying that was absolutely 100% wrong. We have it on tape. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling, Mama, and you be safe and, and, and try to at least have a great weekend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have thank a you great for- day. and You just keep being positive out there. Thank you so much, Mama. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Nick. How you doing? Get it off your chest, brother. Uh, I'm going to speak on this killing thing. Um, honestly, I feel like we're never going to be treated right, and the easiest way to get our process is to start taking the money and the power out of their pocket. Like, for instance, if we start saying, until we're treated easy, 
or Eagle, we're not going to pay taxes. They, it's going to hurt because they want the money. They want our energy, our time, our money. So once we start treating them and showing them like we don't care about their rules and what they want, they're going to have to respect what we but yeah, well, you know, the, the the taxes thing would be difficult because then they'll start saying that we owe money in taxes and start trying to arrest us for not paying our taxes. But not shopping in stores and, and really holding our money and, and, and showing people that our money is just as valuable as anybody else's money, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's really going to, and this is going to sound crazy, but I really think it's going to have to get back to where we were years and years ago where we had our own finances, our own banking systems, our own neighborhoods, our own schools, yeah. and, and start funding ourselves. Uh, the problem exactly. is is we're so behind with money. you know. I, and I'll be honest with you, we don't have, a lot of us don't, don't have generational wealth. A lot of us are the first times to even start making money in our families. So it's, we're so far behind with that. We'll, we'll be so far behind with with technology and and books and things like that, but that's what we're gonna have to get get to, and, and I'm hoping that you know some of us with with, with some money, um, will will be able to invest in our own and invest in our own community. And I'm not talking you know a, a million dollars if you make a million dollars a year or two million. There's a, there's some of us that are making billions as African Americans and multi million. We have to start saying you know we have to be the lead and say you know what this is what we're gonna do. And the same thing with the HBCUs. You know, we have all these great athletes that go to these other schools, whether it's Duke, whether it's Clemson, whether it's Syracuse, whether it's Georgetown. And we're going to have to get to the point where we say, you know what, we're going to hold our own and, and our player is going to have to go into our own schools, our own HBCUs. You know what that would do to an HBCU if a player like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, like a, a Carmelo Anthony didn't go to Syracuse and he went to, you know, HBCU or Allen Iverson didn't go to Georgetown and went to HBCU or let's say LeBron James would have did one year in a league and, you know, and went to HBCU went one year in college or even like a, a Michael Jordan didn't go to North Carolina, went to HBCU. You know how that would affect an HBCU? You yeah. know, it would definitely bring more funding. And that's why I think we're going to have to start doing um, outside of the funds though, I don't know if you recall a few weeks back, I called in and I was talking about the each one teach one method. Yeah, it's good to have money, but if we teach each other how to grow our own crops, mm -hmm. uh, make our own clothing, build our own infrastructures, our own homes and properties and stuff like that. We get off the wheel that they have us on where they feel like they can control us. Once we get off that wheel and then start releasing ourselves, you're right. We can now work amongst each other to keep the peace and say, hey, if, if you're not going to abide by this, look, we're going to turn you over to them folks that are going to do whatever they want with you. So you might want to play by play fair amongst our community. You know, we should right. each other and, and that, and you know what, brother? That's why that's why I push financial freedom so much, and that's why I push real estate so much, and that's why I try to do my part to having some of these financial advisors and these minorities up here talking about it, because you know you look at our community and we rent, right? We in the projects, we rent, we 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 rent, and a lot of us, even that we're renting, we're paying a thousand dollars to rent, fifteen hundred dollars to rent, and what people don't know. It's there's a lot of help out there. When I mean help, there's grants that'll help you with your down payments. There's grants to help you with your closing costs. So for a lot of times, the same money that we would pay in rent, we can pay and we can actually own something. We we can have something. And people are like, well, what does that do? Well, what does that what that does is that creates some type of generational wealth. Meaning when you die, when you pass away, you give something to your kids. 
and not just an apartment in, in the projects. No, you give them something. You give them equity where they can start. And that's what we need to do. Everybody else, you know, you, you know, when people die, they leave them with millions of dollars, leave them with hundreds of thousands of dollars. We don't have that because a lot of times we don't know. So we got to continue learning, continue to understand and continue to stand by like stand by that and make sure that we can pass on for our kids equity and not debt. We need that. We need that for our people. But thank you for calling in, brother. And you have a great weekend, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Joe. How's going on? Joe, what's going on? Where you calling from, bro? What do you hear what you say? I'm calling from Florida. Okay, Joe. What's up, man? Get it off your chest. Well, listen, I just want to thank you guys. Every morning I listen to you guys coming home from work. Um, and I, I want to say what's going on with that George Floyd case. I'm a police officer myself. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I, I, am, I am shocked what I was watching. It was, it was bad. And I know everybody I work with was saying the same exact thing. And honestly, man... This guy's got to go to jail, man. I mean, it's crazy. I, I don't know the whole case, and I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but based on what it looks like, man, it don't look good. But l- let me ask you a question. Let's say anything else happened. What 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 else could have happened? It's not like we've seen a 10 there, seconds there, there of the video. No, we've seen there, there minutes of the video. Man, like, I, 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 I saw the whole thing. He's handcuffed. What's the, listen, the game rule is once the handcuffs are on, that's it. The fight's that's over. That's it. That's right. He can't do anything. He can't like unless he's gonna karate kick you. Exactly. You know, and you know these the guys handcuffed and, and you know I don't know his medical condition or anything like that. If he's combative with his feet, you you get restraints on his feet. That's it. You don't have to. You, I mean, kneel on his throat. You know. And that's what we need. We need more officers and police officers like you to stand up and say, "Yo, that's wrong." It is wrong. And, you know, another thing is I think we need to have an open dialogue because, like, I, I worked all last night, and I, I get all these people yelling at me. I don't I don't know anything was going on. Like, I'm not studying this case. I know what's going on, but I'm, I'm not. That ain't me. I don't live in that state. I don't know nothing about what's going on up there. Yeah. But I should now, but. Uh. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, the problem is, is this has been happening for a long time, and people don't know who to take it out on. You know, people yeah. see what happened, and then for, for the, 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 you know, the district attorney to say, hey, we don't know if there's enough information. It makes one yeah. what makes one bad apple feel like all the all the apples are bad, and that's how Listen, people are feeling yeah. like that. You know, it's it's not it's feeling like you know police officers have been getting away with this for a long time, and we don't know who to trust. You know, most officers I, are not I, speaking I, I, up, so work, we don't know I who don't to trust. I'm telling nobody. I just think about going to work and, and doing helping out the community the best I could, and 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 trying to come home in one piece. That's my goal every morning. Well, if you if if you're a good ally and 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 you honestly Listen, are trying to I help really the people out there, we appreciate you, brother. Dialogue. Absolutely, we need an open dialogue, and we need to tell like like that that has like, absolutely atrocious to what happened. Well, yeah. you know this guy this guy this guy got murdered essentially on camera. Absolutely. But like I said, I I want let them do their thing. I don't think every officer needs to get a death threat now. I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I got like ten of them last night. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, well, be be careful out there and continue speaking up for what you believe in and what you what you yeah, know is right, brother. Everybody, we're all human. I'm a man just like you are. I put my pants on the same way you do, so that's how I'm looking at it. Well, thank you so much, bro. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Man, man, man. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Angela Yee and Charlemagne on vacation. Let's get in some front page news. Now, it's some crazy-ish. Now, shout to CNN. A CNN crew has been arrested while covering the Minneapolis protests, right? Live on television. 
It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And you can tell that they really don't want people seeing what's going on. Now, let me break it down. I don't know if we have the audio drama somewhere when we get the audio. Now, the CNN crew is taping, and it's like, oh, they have action. They see the police officers running to, to arrest somebody else. He says, yeah, they, we, we have action right now. And then all of a sudden, they surround the CNN host, right, the CNN correspondent. His name is Omar uh, Jimenez. Or and, Jimenez. And we got audio, too, when you're ready. Oh, we, we do have audio, right? So as they're surrounding him, he says, hey, I work for CNN. Would you like me to back up? Where would you like me to go where I can possibly take? They say nothing to him. And then all of a sudden, they arrest him. And I don't see him arrest the crew. I just see him arrest the, 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 the minority. Maybe it's just me and I'm sensitive, but I don't see anybody else getting arrested on camera. Let's play the audio. Police showed up at the fire department, or with the fire department, I should say, on that building we showed you that was burning. This is among the state patrol unit that was advancing up the street, seeing and scattering the protesters at that point for people to clear the area. And so we walked away. I'm sorry? You're under arrest. Okay. Do you mind oh, whoa, telling whoa, whoa, me whoa. why I'm under arrest, sir? Why, why am I under arrest, sir? Okay. Right. So he he was arrested. He was walked. He he was taken away. Now before that, they surround him for like at least thirty seconds, and they're just looking at him. And he's saying, non-confrontational, politely, "Hey, if there's a problem, where would you like me to stand?" If you want me to move, where would you like me to move? This is all on camera. This is live. The police say nothing. He goes, if there is a problem, where would you like me to move? I will move. Then all of a sudden, you're under arrest. And I only see them take him away. I don't see them take anybody else away. It's like they don't want to show what's going on. Because obviously, the brother was doing absolutely positively nothing. Oh, my God. Well, last night, uh, they believe protests burned down the third precinct. Now, the third precinct is where the four officers were employed. Uh, that They burnt that building completely down. And this is just, this is, this is just, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I honestly don't know what to say. And your president, I'll say your president, when all this is going on, he signs an order for social media. Because social media is check-facking everything that he's saying. Can we have audio of that? With everything that's going on, this is what he's concerned about. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield. Yeah, so, so that's what he's concerned with. That's what he's concerned with. Now, also, the uh, district attorney said he doesn't know if there's enough evidence to actually prosecute these four officers. Can we hear this stupid statement? And I think people will be hard-pressed to understand how you can't bring charges at least against the officer who had his knee on that man's neck. It's a violation of my ethics to talk and evaluate evidence before we announce our charging decision. And I will not do that. I will say this, that that video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. But my job in the end is to prove that he violated a criminal statute. Does anybody else's heart hurt from that? 
I feel like my soul was taken away when I heard that. Like, our lives mean nothing? It's not like this is a, a witness seen it or this is hearsay. We seen the effing video. We all seen it with our own eyes. Oh, my gosh. And that's front page news. When we come back, uh, my son, shout to my son. My son, of course, is a, a rapper. He's from the Bronx. He's an activist as well. He's on the front lines right now. My son and his team, shout to uh, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sarsar. They are the individuals that are on the front lines when everything happens. When something happens, they are there. They are out there protesting. They are out there organizing. And he is our eyes out there. And we're going to talk to him when we come back. We're going to talk to my son, 800-585-1051. He's been out there for the last couple of days. He's been shot at by rubber bullets. He's been, you know, affected by tear gas when tear gas was thrown at them. He's been protesting at the officer's house that put the knee in George Floyd's neck. He protested outside of the district attorney's house. He's been protesting outside the police station. So we're going to talk to my son when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne and Yee are on vacation, so I'm holding it down. And I got my brother, my son, on the line. My son, how's it going, bro? I'm blessed, King. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. So... So for people that don't know, you're out there on the front line. You've been out there protesting out in Minneapolis. So what what are you seeing out there for people that don't know and, you know, want to know? Because all, all we see is what the media puts on television. So so what are you seeing out there? Thank you for having me, Envy. Um, I've been here for the last three days. I want to say we got here on Tuesday. And um, it was it's definitely been a lot of protesting. And uh, we've been pretty much to the site where... The brother George Floyd was murdered at. Mm-hmm. We protested in front of the officer's home. Um, we protested at, at the DA's home. We protested at the precinct. So I've pretty much seen every aspect of the protest. Uh-huh. For the most part, you know, the, the, the media is trying to project as if it's just been some violent protest. And yes, there have been things, but I, I want to tell you that most of those, the violence or the violent nature of it, because there's amongst the protesters, there has been no violence. You know, there might be a little disagreement here and there, but for the most part, the protesters are angry with the system. And the police started, they have initiated violence by shooting rubber bullets mm-hmm. off, the pro- off the police station. They've been throwing tear gas. They've been throwing all kinds of smoke bombs off the of the um, present so that that's from when I got here since Tuesday that's where I seen you know the negativity start sure there's been there's they're angry people but there haven't been any weapons we have I haven't seen anybody shooting anything most of the times the protesters have their hands up I've seen officers point blank shooting protesters that's walk just like this their hands up with rubber bullets throwing tear gas into full crowds you know um People are angry, and we, you know, they're angry, man. We, we, you seen the same thing we seen, you know, uh, uh, the district attorney here, um, to ignore that and then come back yesterday and say that he didn't see anything that was a crime. Right. You know, it's it's like it's, it's a slap in the face, and I, 
And you know, we most times people don't want to be here. We want to, it's a pandemic. You want to be home with your family. You know, you want to make sure that you're safe. The fact that we have to actually have to be out here to demand justice for something that the whole world seen Absolutely. was murder. You know, it's it's just it's just disgusting. You know, it's really disgusting. Now, you know, people are reporting that uh, they've seen police officers, and I don't know how true this is, but they've seen police breaking windows and and starting fires. Have you seen any of that? They're saying that it's not necessarily the protesters. They said it starts from possibly the police breaking these windows and possibly the police starting these fires and then blaming it on the rioters. Well, I mean, that that's pretty much one of the uh, tactics of this government. You know, they put agent provocateurs into the crowds of the protesters mm-hmm. and they create the most havoc. And then they, you know, they blame it on the protesters so they can have reasons to unlock up, to harm and do things to protesters. That's a strategy that's been used for years. You know, um, I've seen the video. Mm-hmm. I cannot confirm nor deny if that is actually the officer who is doing that. But I, I'm just saying that, that that strategy has not is not anything new. You know, as as somebody who's been protesting for the last eight years, you know, I've I've seen, I've heard. You know, I've been a, a witness to the you know the government and the system um, putting their spies into the crowds, and they be the ones who are actually the ones initiate any level of crime or violence. Now, I also seen video, and uh, you said you were protesting outside the officer's house. Now, uh, we've seen a video where it looked like there might have been like 100 officers outside surrounding his house. Was that true? That is definitely true. We were, we were standing there, and um, there was a line of maybe, started out with about 20, 30 officers, and then out of nowhere, another 80 of them came out of nowhere and they just stood there with riot gear, full riot gear. Um, and you know, just to intimidate the protesters. And it's sad, you know, it's, it's just, this whole situation is just sad. And we just looking at it a lot. Most of these people are traumatized. We're dealing with a level of trauma, you know, that is, that is beyond anything that I've seen. Like I've seen, you know, I was, I was really young when the rats riots happened. And, you know, I was, I wasn't actually present at the Ferguson situation, but what, this is something that I've never seen. And I realized that we have reached a boiling point in America. You know, I think the, the, the victimization and, you know, disregard for black lives for black life has come to the point. And, and it's not just black people out here. They are, Way there are probably more white people out here than there are black people, but there are they are united front. Everybody has come to the consensus that what is happening can't keep happening, and they don't care. You know they are they're not scared. They they're taking the tear gas and they're coming right back. Yesterday we were out there, and uh, before the precinct was burnt down, you know the police. The police that came out because people were knocking on the precinct door. The police, you know, they had boarded everything up, and most people thought that the police weren't inside. And then, next to you know, when they started to bang on the doors, the police came out on the roof, and they started shooting bullets, and they started throwing, you know, tear gas, and then the crowd dispersed because when they, if you don't know anything about it, when they throw that tear gas, it spreads for blocks. Like, it just starts to spread. So, 
everybody's running, trying to clear their eyes, pouring milk in their eyes, doing whatever they have to do. And within another five or 10 minutes, the protesters came right back. You know, they, they, they just, they, they are fed up. You know, and the next thing I heard that the police station had been burned down, and we, we do not want violence. And we, uh, I say this a thousand times, nobody's advocating for violence. Nobody's advocating for negativity. But when I'm having these conversations with these young people from our communities, and I'm saying, let's 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 go about this, let's march, let's protest. They look at me dead in my eyes and say they're tired of marching. You know, that we've been marching for hundreds of years, and they're still killing us to these streets. You know, and they're saying that the only thing that this government respects is loss of something, you know, and, and, and this is the mindset that they have. And they don't want, and, and these are good people. These are not criminals. These are not people that's in the street that's doing things like that. These are people who have done everything right. They've done, they've got jobs, they went right. to school, and they reached a point where they say, you can't keep taking our lives, wanting us to be peaceful, quote unquote. You know, they, this is not, you know, when they say no justice, no peace, this is the no peace. And nobody wants to hurt anybody. There's, there hasn't been anybody hurt anybody. But they're saying this property and the capitalistic society that we live in is what's led to the disregard for black life. Right. You know, these, these corporations who make billions of dollars and, you know, and they fund these um, government officials and which fund our um, police system is the reason why that they disregard our life. So they don't see or care about these corporations or these businesses that they're burning down. You know, and the police station symbolized is the biggest symbolization of what has disregarded our life so so long. So when you see people celebrate the burning down of the precinct, it's not about violence. It's not about wanting to harm anybody. It's a symbolization of something who was something in a, a government body that has harmed black people for so long actually being destroyed. All right, we got more with my son when we come back. He's our eyes on the ground. He's on the front lines. He's out there protesting. He's just filling us in of, of what he sees out there, right? We'll talk to him more when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with my son. He's in Minneapolis right now. He's on the front lines. He He's telling us what he sees. And, I mean, it's all good to see it through the media because the media could depict what they want to show, but he's there. So, my son, I get a lot of, uh, of people and even seeing on my thing, and you do and you do both, so you, you're a perfect person to answer this. People are saying, you know, how do we get so upset when other people kill us, when we kill ourselves all the time? And I think, you, you know, you'll be a perfect person because you're on both sides. You're... You know, kings can't kill kings march. And you 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 try to just advocate for people to just not be violent towards each other at all. So when people say that, you know, like, hey, we kill each other, what, what, what is your response to that, my son? My response for that is the one I want people to really understand is when we kill each other, which is happening, you know, where, where, where there is poverty, there will be violence. Right. You know, and, and that's those are just facts. If you If you change... The realities of our communities. If you make sure that our, the people in our communities can eat and survive, the violence will disappear. But the government knows that, and that's why the, the the poverty rate in the communities that we come from hasn't disappeared, because violence is a necessary component to the capitalist society that we live in. We they need violence so they can fill jails. They need violence. They need us to continue to kill each other. So this that is that structure has been fed. What I say is. 
when we kill each other, which is by by no means anything good for us to go for, when that happens, Jay and JoJo are going to go to jail for the rest of their lives. You know, when they're caught, they're going to spend the rest of their lives. We're going to lose the person whose life they took and the person who took their life. Right. The police are not being held accountable. When we have to sit outside and, and, and witness on tape somebody, a man sit on a man's neck, you know, with no regard for his life to look you in the face in the, in the camera, knowing that he's sitting on this and the man is telling you that he can't breathe. He's calling for his mother. When those things are happening, and they can tell you that they don't see a crime. That right there is is one of the biggest miscarriages of justice ever. And that is by the, the system and, and, and the structure that is supposed to protect and serve. If the people who are supposed to protect us are the one killing us and they can't even be held accountable, then we don't have a chance. So when we compare the black on black crime, quote unquote, that they say, which is a myth, because most people, anybody, Crime, crime is committed by the people who are closest to you. There's, we don't say white on white crime because whites kill more whites than blacks kill blacks. That's a fact because during the numbers tell you that. If you Google it and you look, more white people kill more white people than black because they are the majority in the world. So that's right. a fact. But we always want to give this, oh, but we kill ourselves. Yes, we kill ourselves. But we are going to be held accountable. What we are asking for in this moment is accountability. MB, if they would have locked those officers up and said, okay, they committed a crime, we would not be here. Why do why does why is the loss of life, not, uh, the loss of black life, not as valuable as the loss of property in America? Why do they value property more than they value us? You know, and that and that's something that we really have to ask. So when people say that to me, I say, I understand because I, I advocate for kings to stop killing kings. I, I want us to protect ourselves. But I understand the reality also. I understand if I can't change your reality, if I can't feed you, if I don't if I don't make the block, if you believe that the block is the only way you're going to survive, so you have to fight your brother who is fighting for the same crumbs that you're fighting for. If I can't change that reality, I know that the reality of me stopping the violence in our communities is going to be very low. And they know that as well. You know, if you look at hip-hop, you if you look at hip-hop, these the same people that come from hip-hop that are now millionaires that go and they move to these nice areas and they're peaceful and they, they, they support. And these people came from that violence. The minute that you change their circumstances, they ain't out there committing crimes. They rhyming about what they had to do. So they, that, that, that theory is something that we can't allow them to play on us because most people who, are, who actually have gained some level of stature, who have got some money, they utilize these platforms they want us to say look well we kill each other they want us to say that and if you haven't if you don't understand the dynamics of that that we we utilize that and we weaponize that against ourselves man. you know i heard i didn't hear the exact words that i heard was khalifa and i was mad and they said oh we shouldn't be doing this you know i i understand but we can't be doing this to the communities and this stuff and you can't tell people how to vent their anger Especially when you ain't never done anything. You sometimes you just gotta be quiet. You just got you have to be quiet because this is not your field. You know, this is something people people have been on the front lines of this for a long time and we've been preaching peace. We've been advocating for peace and we've been doing it the right way. And we've been going to school and we've been telling these kids, but at some point, at some point, the peace that you talk about and the peace that we talk about differentiates. There's a difference between it because we get to a point where you cannot, you can't keep kicking a dog before he bites you back. Right. 
All right, we got more with my son. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with my son. Now, my son's out in Minneapolis right now. He's actually on the front line. So he's our eyes and ears. So for people out there that can't be out there, that can't make it out there, that just want to help, what would you advise that they do? How can people help? You know, um, what, I, what I tell people is there's so many different entry points into this movement, you know? Some people are on social media all day. Sometimes you have to lift the words that we speak on your social media. You know, that's a very big platform right now. We realize, especially during this pandemic, that spreading the word through social media, especially through social distancing in these times, you know, that's a very big platform. So if you have a platform and you have a voice, utilize that to spread the, the message that we have. You know, show that you are aligned with the, the, you know, with justice, that you are aligned with what it is that we're fighting for. And as you also, as you said, you can donate to organizations. You, you If you see the people doing the work, you know, there are people like our organization, Until Freedom, that you can donate to. You know, we have um, a, a website, we have an Instagram page, we have Cash App, because as you said, we've been out here for the last five days and it's expensive. You know, we, we unfortunately, we, were, we, we, we came to Kentucky first with Breonna Taylor, the young lady who was shot eight times in her home by the police who did a no-knock raid and ran into, didn't even run into her home. They shot through her home and we shot through the windows right. after they kicked her door through and her boyfriend shot one shot as a warning shot because he thought that he was being robbed and he shot through the, what, the, this woman's home and shot her eight times. They shot over 30 shots after they didn't even say, hell, this is the police or anything. And they killed this woman. Uh, this was a good woman. She was an EMT worker. She had, Nobody said a bad word. So we had to go there to protest for her. Then we drove down the block to Indianapolis where young man, Mikhail Rose, was shot in front of his home by an officer who was unarmed. You know, so then to hear on the way from there that this happened to George Floyd. So we, we didn't anticipate being away for over a week having to drive. We drove from Indianapolis, a 10-hour ride. We had to come here, been here for the last four days. You got to pay hotel fees. You got to eat. You got to survive. We got to take um, planes. Probably going to be here for an extended amount of time until all this blows over because it looks like, you know, the DA still hasn't seen evidence that is criminal. So, you know, we, we, we want to be here to uplift the voice. We want to be on these front lines. We want to make sure that our voices are heard. And, you know, we want to continue to just to stand up and be on the front lines for people who can't. So, yes, we do need do donations if it's possible. You know, there are so many different ways. I tell people, you have to utilize your, you have to know what it is that you can do that can contribute. You know, sometimes the, some people don't have them, but we have people who have donated 3 or $4 to us. And we said, this right. is all have. And, and, you know, those 3 and $4 mean so much to me because I know that you, you don't really have that. For you to give 3 and $4, that means that you really wanted to donate because you really want change. And unfortunately, these are the times we are in. So, you know, any donations that you give to our organization, we definitely appreciate it. And, you know, and we're going to utilize it for the people. And we and what we do also is when we are getting donations, whatever city we go to, there are grassroots organizations in the cities that we actually go to. So as a national organization, we come and we bring those resources and we donate to the, to the um, grassroots organizations who've been doing the work in the cities, like right now, today we, we have a press conference, you know, and a lot of Stephen Jackson is going to be there, and um, 
a lot of different celebrities are going to come there to speak on behalf and, and demand justice here. And there's organizers who've been here, right? You know, who've been here for years before when Philando Castile was killed. And this, this is the same town that Philando Castile was killed in. Mm-hmm. You know, this this the same town a young Somali officer accidentally shot a, a, a white woman. You know, accidentally shot it, and they sentenced this officer to 12 years. You know, he's he's he was locked up, arrested, and he's doing 12 years in prison. So we know that they can charge officers for killing. So they just they just don't do it when it's us. And, right. You know, so, you right. know, so those are ways that you can support us, man. Anything, but any, but just do something. I see people online. You know, the the thing that pisses me off, envy, is when people are online telling me what I do doesn't matter. Oh, you shouldn't be. Nobody cares. You need to be doing that. I tell them, why don't you do something? Just do anything. I don't care what you do. And don't tell me to do something that you're not willing to do. Don't tell me to go out and shoot and do this and that. When you I didn't see you just go out and say nothing. Absolutely. You know, so we appreciate you. So, you know, my song, you know, we got to go on right now, but I appreciate you so much and we appreciate the fight and, and thank you so much for checking in and being so so real with it. Like you, you are unapologetically the person that you are and we grateful and we thank you. You know what I mean? We definitely do. And, and shout out to Tamika Mallory and Linda Sal. So I think they are out there with you and we appreciate yes, all you guys, man. And thank you so much. And we'll continue to push and we'll continue to have your back. And thank you, brother. Thank you for always supporting us, Envy, man. And we're going to continue to fight until we can't fight no more. So yes, until freedom. All right. Well, continue to check in and, and appreciate you, brother. Be safe. Thank you. you too. Love, bro. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, uh, Charlemagne and Yee are on vacation. I'm holding it down. We're going to open up the phone lines when we come back, all right? Usually we do donkey today here, but we're going to open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051 if you want to vent. A lot of stuff is going on. I'll, I'll give you some updates. So the district attorney said there might not be enough information to actually charge these four police officers. Do we have the audio play? Uh, audio dramas. I didn't tell dramas the audio was playing, so give him a second to pull it up. And I think people will be hard for us to understand how you can't bring charges at least against the officer who had his knee on that man's neck. It's a violation of my ethics to talk and evaluate evidence before we announce our charging decision. And I will not do that. I will say this, that that video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. But my job in the end is to prove that he violated a criminal statute. And when I heard that yesterday, that, that, the killing, of course, hurt my heart. But that even, that, that damn near took, took my soul away. To just make it seem like, hey, we killed you and there's nothing you can do. We're not even going to necessarily prosecute. That's what that. That's what I took out of it. You know, then I see yesterday they released, uh, I guess, one officer's body cam. And the body cam was, was bull. I mean, everything was blocked out. They pretty much blocked out what he was saying. It was like, why even release it? There's nothing that you could get out of that body cam footage. There was nothing that you could get out of it. Nothing that you can see. Nothing that would made it more understanding. There was nothing. It was. It was like, why even put it out? That was even more of a smack in the face. Well, last night, uh, rioters 
burned down the third precinct in Minneapolis. That's the precinct that the four cops worked at. They burned down the uh, precinct. Uh, Donald Trump sent in the National Guard. And what Donald Trump wrote on Instagram it was just disrespectful. Like, like this, this is what Donald Trump, your president, wrote. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let it happen. Just spoke to the governor, Tim Walz, and told him that the military is with them all the way. Any difficulty, we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. What does that mean? I, I take it as it's open season, right? When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Is that, is that what your president means by that? Well, let's open up the phone lines, man. 800-585-1051. We'd love to hear from you. Just your, your, your thoughts, your opinions on everything that's going on. Phone lines are wide open. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, we're just taking your calls, man. A lot going on in Minneapolis. They burned down the third precinct yesterday. That was the precinct that the four officers worked at. Uh, this morning, CNN crew was arrested, uh, which was crazy. They, they were arrested live on air. They were reporting, and, you know, the officers surrounded them. Uh, and the gentleman was like, all right, well, would you like me to move? Where, where would you like me to go? You know, if, if I'm too close, where would you like me to go? They said nothing for about 20, 30 seconds flat, and then arrested them. He said, well, why am I getting arrested? He says, because you were told to move and you didn't. He asked on camera. Well, I heard he has been released. The whole crew is, I didn't know the whole crew was actually arrested, but the whole crew was arrested and they have been released, all right? Let's go to the phone lines. Let's talk to the people. Hello, who's this? Denise. Hey, Denise, where are you calling from? Georgia. Georgia. Good morning, mama. Good morning. You, you know, it's sad. As a parent of two African-American males, and we see this happen again and again and again. If we don't stand up for something, we'll accept anything. Right. You Absolutely know? right. And what, and are you, what are you telling your boys? What, what, are, you, what are you telling your, your young kings? Because I, I have two, and I'm just being real and honest with them. I, you know, I, I showed them the videos just so they... I, I haven't shown my 6-year-old, but I showed my 16-year-old boy and my 18-year-old daughter just so they see what's going on, so they know what to prepare when they go out every day in this world. You know, my sons are grown. I have one in the military and one that is a police officer. Hmm. And and I tell them each and every day, I don't care where you are, in the beginning of your life, you are an African-American and you are a male. Amen. You got to stand stronger than anybody else. You got to be smarter than anybody else. And you just got to push through. But it's these days and times for you all at your ages is different than when we were growing up. Yeah. Well, thank you, you know, so much. I mean, and I know you're calling from Georgia, so you better not be out and about for with, 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 with coronavirus. And I know they opened up the state a little bit, but you better not be out and about. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> you right. have a good day, all right? You too. Have a great weekend. Hello, who's this? Hi, I'm Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte, where you calling from? I'm in Montgomery, Alabama. How are Talk you? Talk to me this morning. I'm doing well. How you feeling out there? What's on your mind? I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Um, I listen to you guys every morning. And I just wanted to share a solution that I came up with that I mm-hmm. think that all black Americans can be involved in right now. You know, I sit back and I look at everything that's going on and I see the protesting and I want to be there too, but 
And I mean, and I'm sure others black Americans would want to be there too, but everybody can't get up and go protest. Um, I came up with a solution that everyone can take advantage of. It's called no justice equals no shopping. Um, every Friday and Saturday. I took that idea from Amon Aubrey's case. When it took us two months to find out about his incident, I took two days of shopping for that. And I think that Friday and Saturday would be a great day that black Americans can take advantage of that and we can shop with our own black businesses on those days. Mm. I think taking our money out of the market is a way that we can get some solutions to these problems that we're having. You know, everybody is looking for a solution right now that makes sense, um, along with the protesting and so many other ways that you can address our racial injustices. We can also take our money back out of the market, too, and that's something that everybody can participate in. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree with you. I agree with you when, when we need to hold our dollar, and I think we need to start buying and investing and empowering more of our own. I think we need to, you know, I've been big on the real estate to owning our own properties, investing in our own communities so we don't lose it. So I agree with you 100 percent. But, you know, as businesses, we need to make sure that we have more uh, black banks that can actually mm-hmm. lend money. You know, the problem is, is, you know, I'm a I'm a guy that invests a lot. And a lot of times when I try to go to our own to get a lot of these loans, they just can't give it. Mm-hmm. They just don't have enough funds or enough leeway to actually give the 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 loans that I would need to purchase, like I purchased a school in New Jersey and I purchased properties and buildings and, and I try to keep it for ourselves, but a lot of times they don't. And we have to make sure that we can go to ourselves. You know, we talk all this about financial freedom, but if we still have to, you know, borrow money from not our own, it makes it difficult because now they're judging us. They can tell us, Oh, I'm gonna give you this money or I can't, you know, and and we need to, to make sure we, like you said, invest in our own And, and thank you for calling. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Who's this? Yo, yo, every, every, this is Tyler, man, calling you from Chicago. What's going on? What's going on in the shot town brother? Oh, uh, man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy out here, man. I mean, we're, I guess, starting the process of opening up, but everything is still shut down. I mean, it's like, people are not taking it serious, man. It's in my community in particular, you know, we see out my brothers and sisters not wearing a mask, you know, when they're just walking around outside, and it's really annoying, and it's just... Just, you know, I get what you're saying, right? But but I, I put it to you like this, right? Because at first I was the same way. Yo, you can't go out. You can't do this. But you got to think about it like this, right? People need money. You know, they got to pay for rent. They got to pay for condos. They got to pay for food. They got to pay for electricity, the telephone, cable, water, and all that. And if I can't work and I can't go outside, I can't make the money to support my kids. You know, some people are lucky. They, they, they're they still working now. They're still making money. Some people are lucky. They have savings. But some people right. don't. You know, so it's like they got to open up the country and I, I get it. You know, we got to just be extra careful. We got to move careful with masks. You got to wipe everything down. We got to make sure that we protect our immune system. So right. I understand, and, you know. This goes on and we open back up. Now, you know, we're having our brothers, you know, getting killed out here. Just as we start to open up just a little bit, right. all this crap goes on. And now it's just causing just mass chaos, man. And it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I hate this. I hate seeing this in like. I agree with you. I agree with you. And and for myself, it's like, you know, how do we, how do we raise, how do we raise these kids? How do we raise our kids? You know, can I possibly give the the ducky a day for you, man, since Charlamagne is off? Sure. Go ahead, brother. Hey, look, man, I just wanted to give it out to uh, Central Park, Karen's own, uh, you know, Amy Cooper. Definitely deserves ducky of the day for how she mistreated Christian Cooper 
and absolutely just, you know, filing false police reports, you know, using his blackness as a crime and a weapon against him, knowing that that would be something that actually ultimately could hurt him. So she definitely deserves off here to pay for that. I'm glad she was fired. Please get rid of Ehaw, somebody. But, yeah, man, that's that. Absolutely. That's the other yeah, I'm glad she was fired, and I'm glad they took her dog away from her. But thank you for calling, I'm brother. Glad. All right. I think Charlemagne would respect that donkey. I think he might have gave a donkey, too, but I can't remember. But anyway, 800-585-1051. We're just taking your calls, man. Just want to hear your thoughts. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne and Yee are on a vacation. I'm holding it down, so I'm taking your calls, man. Just letting you guys speak, man. What's on your mind? Let's talk. A lot going on. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Envy. This is Ken. Hey, where you calling from? South Carolina, Columbia. All right. What's on your mind, Mama? Uh, it's real heavy today. You know, like I'm, I'm like really pissed off to say the least. Um, it's just exhausting being black nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like we watched this man's life leave his body all together, and for the DA to say that he has more evidence that's coming that doesn't support a criminal charge, it's just, it's like you're playing in our face at this point. Yeah, I, I mean. It's so difficult and so hard. And, like, when I say I, I feel like my soul was taking out my body, it's I watched yeah. the man die. And, I, and I'm upset that no, I watched I it because that's something that's all on my it's, it's on my mind. I see that officer's face, that devil's face, just kneeling on his neck and just looking yes, like, and, and what? your arm comfortably in your pocket like that, that person isn't resisting. And right. the fact that you had two other officers on the side of the SUV holding him down, like... What are we waiting for? It's like it's, you guys are, they're pissing on our head and telling us it's not right. Well, that's, ex- right. That, that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And and like I said, it's, 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 where, where do we go from here? It's like, like, it's, it's no respect for life. Like you, you, yeah. you kill us and then be like, oh, well, I don't think there's enough evidence. And we're sitting here looking like, bro, you, 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 you don't see the, the same video we're watching. Is there a different video that maybe you got the wrong video? They sent you the wrong video. Like it, it just doesn't, make sense it doesn't and the president like he just showed us how easy it is for him to sign an executive order if he's passionate enough about the subject matter but it's kind of pathetic that you're more passionate about being fact-checked on social media versus being passionate about some sort of initiative to hold these police officers accountable right like just terminate an employment that's not enough is you that crazy though from the hire you shouldn't coronavirus COVID 19 police brutality, all that going on in the world, and you're more concerned with them fact-checking you? Like, isn't that crazy? That's so narcissistic. Like, you're <sighs> worried about somebody telling you that you're you're telling a lie? I just can't, man. I, well, thank, thank you so much, Mama, and try to have a great weekend. I will. You too. Stay safe. You too. Hello, who's this? This is Crystal. Hey, Crystal, where are you calling from? I'm calling from North Carolina. North Carolina. Let's, let, let's speak. What's, what's on your mind? Talk to me. How you feeling? I just feel like I'm a mother. I'm a mother of two boys, and I feel like they're already a threat just being black and going out here in this world where police officers can kill you and go home to their family like that. They're happy to just stay out here. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. It and I feel me. like if George was a white man and that police officer was black, he would already been in jail. Absolutely, absolutely. And you tell your young, your your, your young kings, you got to be smarter. You gotta work harder, and when and when you achieve what you want to achieve, you make sure you bring a couple of brothers up with you. And that's right. 
But all we can do in the meantime is pray and just try to keep them away from the, the craziness out here. All right. Well, thank you for calling. You you have a good week and, and kiss your young kings. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. 800-585-1051. Uh, we're taking your calls, man. Just want to talk to you. How you feeling? You know, you seeing what's going on. Now they're saying they might not have enough proof to charge these officers. Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. If you just join us, we're taking your calls. Uh, Charlamagne and Yee are on vacation, so we're just taking your calls, man. Just talking to the people out there. Um, it's very sad. Is 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 sad the fact that they said they don't have they don't know if they have is is enough proof to charge these cops. It's very sad when your president says when they start looting we start shooting. Well, let me get the the, the proper quote because he's the type that'll definitely um get me on my taxes if I say something wrong. All right, he says when the looting starts the shooting starts. Doesn't that sound crazy? Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your name, bro? Hey, what's good? It'll be man's chunks, man. Represent scratch line in. ENT out of New York, man. I just wanted to say, man, I'm with my son and everybody, man. Listen, violence is the enemy's trick bag. We we cannot respond in the way that they want us to. You understand? That just gives, you know, the powers that be the uh, permission to give the military come in and lay the smack down. And all that's going to happen is innocence is going to die. You know, we have to think on a higher level, it requires unity and sacrifice, not violence, man, because they already out here killing us, and we don't need no more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, pressure bus pipes, and things is going to happen, but we need to let our intelligence override our emotions and not give in to the trick bag. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and how, how you holding up, King, man? How you holding I mean, up? Yo, I mean, to be honest with you, brother, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm taking this time to get back into my discipline, get back onto my, you know, self-growth and self-development. Um, I do put motivational, inspirational speaks on Instagram, scratch my ENT, man, where I'm just promoting people to do right and stay focused, man. You know, we are in a very traumatic time and we need each other. We're not going to make it with hate and violence. We're only going to make it with love and unity. All right. Well, thank you, brother. Be safe out there, too. Hello, who's this? Hi, I'm Viva. This is Lori. Hey, where you calling I'm, from, Lori? I'm calling from Detroit. Hey, what's up in the D? What's going on, man? I'm, that's one thing about this 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 whole pandemic I miss, man. I miss Detroit. I, I always have a lot of fun in Detroit, man. It's, it's Detroit, Detroit is like my is second a, or third home, man. I love Detroit. Detroit is a great city, but Detroit should be out there professionally protesting, if that's even a word, professionally protesting. But I'm saying we do nothing. But what I'm saying is these people, I'm embarrassed to be a white woman in this country today. I cry every day I watch the news. Mm. I'm married to a black man. He's an intelligent man. Mm -hmm. But he's so angry. I understand. He wants the fires to be. I don't want them to be. They're tearing up their own people's property. He's not doing any good. I was listening to your son. I was listening to you. He's been protesting right for eight years. Mm-hmm. I know he's seen a lot. I know he's scared. I know you're scared for him. But it doesn't make... I know he's not out there putting fires, but it doesn't make any better for 
young punks to be doing that. They're hurting themselves. They're going to jail. Yeah, but you know what? And and and, and I'm not and I'm not condoning what they're doing. But you know, people are people are confused. People are lost. You know, they 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 they're not young punks. They're young, confused kids, and they're tired of being killed. They're tired of their friends being killed. They're tired of 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 trying to do things the right way, and they don't know what to do anymore. They're tired of 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 getting pulled over just because they're black. They're tired of of being patted down because they are black. They're tired of being found guilty just because they're black. They're tired of white people saying. You know, uh, they, they're tired of white people being able to say, hey, I'm going to call 911 right now and say that you're assaulting me, and they know that they might not never make it home. That's oh, what they're tired sickening. of, you know? It's sickening. It and is. I'm a white woman from the system. I'm an ex-convict. I've been discriminated. I'm discriminated against myself today for being that way. You know, I mean, there's so much discrimination in this world. I know we got to stay on the topic of the black, black lives matter because they do. I'm so sorry. I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry. Well, well, thank you so much for checking in. And, and you said, you know, you, you, you feel disgraced that Detroit is not doing anything. You know, you can do something. You can organize and protest. You know, you have You're power. Right. I, I you have privilege. Like you can do something, you know. You are very right. You are right, and I hope I hope Thanks. that you do, and I hope that you guys have a peaceful protest, and and I hope that we do it in a positive way, and 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 the media and the lights stay on, and and we try to stop this. Thank you so much for calling, though. You guys have a great radio station. I guess you guys, all three of you, lots of fun. Have a great day. Thank you so much. All right, now when we come back, the People's Choice Mix eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. I mean, I I feel like it's only right to do a mix, a positive mix, and I'm talking. Tupac changes, fight the power. You know, you know those type of records. Let's get that on. Let me know what you want to hear. I got you. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line today. My brother Caesar. What's up, Cease? What's going on, bro? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You up early today, huh? Every day. Every day. Every day. So all week long, you know, while I've been holding down the Breakfast Club, Angela Yee and Charlemagne are on vacation. I just wanted to do some financial literacy to try to help people get to generational wealth. So the other day we had Matt on, and Matt was telling people how they can get grants to help them with their down payments and telling them about the low interest rates. And we had the credit dude call up, Jose, who was telling people about, you know, fixing their credit during this time and what they need to do. Now, with you, I wanted to talk to, you know, how you started, because a lot of people feel like to, to get into the real estate game, you need a lot of money, you know? Uh, a lot of people don't know that your dad was actually a taxi car, a taxi cab driver, uh, that uh, you were uh, locked up for a little bit. And when you got out, you didn't really have much money and you got into real estate. And this was kind of the time when you got into real estate, when everybody was running away, you jumped in. So let's talk about that a little bit, how you got into the real estate game and how that time reminds you of this time. Well, when I first got, um, I got into real estate back in, I want to say 08. Uh -huh. So that's pretty much when everybody was running away from real estate. Uh, so it, it's kind of funny because right now a lot of people are scared to invest in real estate. Right. But it's not as serious as back then. Back then it was just a total crash, you know, like nobody wanted to invest. It was almost impossible to get a loan. I had no money when I first started. You know, I had to borrow money for my first deal, sold our car you know, Paul and Jen's engagement ring, got rid of my chain, you know, whatever we had to do to get that first deal going. And it, it, it was a time where banks weren't really lending. 
even you know even to get a, a hard money loan back then it was almost impossible if you didn't have a track record because everybody was losing money right and uh, I just jumped in and I did my first deal I made seventy thousand and I kept on going since then 14 years later now with your first deal how much did you pay for your first property back then it was a three-family home and I believe I got it for yeah it was cheap fifty thousand. Fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. But you actually lived in one of the units, correct? Uh, no, you didn't live in that no, unit. I no, no. I had a t- my, the first property I ever bought was a two-family, right? Mm-hmm. Just like everybody else, I bought it at the height of the market. So I actually bought that property before I was going into prison, because uh, uh, that's when uh, Jan had come out pregnant, and we always said, you know, we're not, we want our own house. Mm-hmm. So that that's that that was the crazy days when you had those stated loans back then. So right. just like everybody else, I messed up. I paid $400,000 for a house. My interest rate back then was 8%, which is crazy when you think about that now when rates are like 3% right now, right? But that's when I started with an 8% rate. I couldn't afford the house that I, that, that I bought. It was based on my credit. And that was the first property that I bought. And I ended up losing the house to foreclosure. For foreclosure. And then once you figured it out, you were able to buy a three-family house that had more yep. equity for $50,000 where it was able to help you make money. Yeah, because, you know, like, back then it was kind of crazy, man. You used to buy a house, right? Like, the, the way things were set up. Uh, you buy a house today, and you would refinance and cash out tomorrow. Right. Right? So I bought this house that wasn't worth what I was paying for it. And it's funny, because then um, after I lost that house, it ended up selling. Uh, somebody bought it as a foreclosure for, like, a buck fifty. Wow. Wow. So we're talking this season. We're talking about his first deal. Uh, the reason I, I'm bringing everybody up to talk about uh, generational wealth and, and getting into real estate is because this is a perfect time. I, I tell people they need to plan what to do outside of this pandemic when this pandemic is over. And right now, real estate, it looks like you can get a great deal right now in real estate. It's not too saturated. People are not bidding like crazy. So people can actually get a great property, two-family or three-family, that might not be crazy in price depending where you're living or where you're looking, correct? Well, it, it all depends, man. You know, the last three months, things got a little bit slower, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the fact that, you know, you could refinance and get a great rate. So things were a little slower, but I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> things are picking up already, bro. Right. Like the, the market's getting busy already. Like, you know, you might still find a buyer that might be a little desperate and, you know, that they're still kind of worried about what's going to happen and you could probably get a better deal. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be nothing crazy, man. Once the buyers come out in the, in the next couple of weeks and everybody feels comfortable and buyer season finally starts, bro, it's, it's going to go crazy. It's going to go crazy than last year because there's no inventory and rates are even lower. Right. You know, you're talking about last year, you, you were talking about a 3.75 rate, which is still low as hell, right? The average back then. Right. Now you're talking about the way that the market's fluctuating. You're talking about 2.75 to, you know, 3%. Right. So that means on a $500,000 loan, $500, loan, let's just say rate-wise, you're talking, you know, just averaging out, you're talking about 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money to pay for month. Yeah. Now, also, you know, when we talk <clears> about, <throat> and they're talking about investing in real estate, what's the first step people should take? That's the first question all the time. What is the first thing somebody should do when they want to purchase a property or invest in real estate? The first thing you want to do is make sure you're qualified, Right. You got to make sure your credit's right, number one. Your credit has to be right. If you have bad credit, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get a hard money loan. Some lenders might let you slide with bad credit and a hard money loan. 
They used to a lot more, but right now, because of the pandemic, probably not. Mm -hmm. So your credit got to be tight. Then after your credit is tight, you got to make sure you're pre-approved and make sure you qualify for that house. Now, for most people out there that that pre-approving means finding a lender that you go, mm -hmm. you fill out the application form, you see that based off of your salary, based off of your credit, what you can what you can pay for. And then from there, that's when you start going to look for the properties. And for people out there that maybe say, you know what, I can't afford New York, I can't afford New Jersey. What's some areas that people can go to where property prices are a lot cheaper, but they might be able to get a great deal? Like, you know, we always talk about, you know, Detroit, where I was able to pick up properties for 15 to 20,000, 25,000. Are there any other, you know, places like that, that people that you would advise people to check out? You know, um, I like Chicago. Mm -hmm. I think Chicago is a great market. I think Chicago is probably where Patterson or Newark or, you know, Jersey areas were about five, 10 years ago. Uh -huh. So you still have great opportunity to go buy a three family over there, multifamily or even a flip. It's a great market for flipping and uh, to hold long term. Compared to Detroit, I like it a little bit better, right? And I like it better than of course, than Ohio because the rents are higher. So their rents are probably around $1,000 to 1200 which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like when I first started, you know, I had to pull teeth to get $1,000 in a three-bedroom in my area, North Jersey. <clears throat> now we're getting almost $1,800. So eventually rents go up. So to be at that price point where their rents are already $1,000 and $1,200 is a, is, a, is a great way to start. You go over there, you get a three family for let's say 100000 you probably make about thirty six hundred four thousand a month with a three percent rate. You're cash flowing like crazy. Okay, so I, I know Chicago. Uh, we say parts of Atlantic City. I think Atlantic City, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, like Milwaukee too. Uh, Pittsburgh. I was talking to Barbara Cochran earlier this week about Pittsburgh. She was like, if you're going to Pittsburgh, you might be a little too late because Pittsburgh was one of those markets like two years ago that you needed to touch. So now this Sunday, uh, we're doing a webinar, <clears throat> first webinar where we're actually going to be breaking down a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. So many people have asked us to come to their cities, but of course we can't travel. So hopefully we'll be traveling again soon. You see they opening up Disney. Well, I know Universal already is opening up the, they announced, they announced Disney already? They opened up Disney, yep, next week. Oh, that's oh, that's dope. Once they open up Disney, I think the yeah, world- it's a wrap. It's a, it's a wrap, so. We, we just need one sports, either baseball to open back up or basketball, and that means we're good. Okay, that means we're good. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you for calling in. And again, uh, if you want more information on the webinar that we're doing, where we're going to be breaking all this down. We have a credit guy. We have a wholesaler. We have mortgage guys. We're going to just be talking to you, trying to help people. Um, like I said, just think about it. You, let's say if you're out there renting right now, you know, there's grants right now where they will actually give you the down payment for your house. So the same amount of money that you're using to rent, you can be used and you can actually own something and have equity in it. So if you ever have a problem, you can pull that equity out and use it for your college, your kid's college tuition. You can use it for uh, whatever you need, you know? So I'm just telling you, just think about it, look into it, and, and good luck, man. And I appreciate you for checking in, Cease. All right, no problem. Caesar, Flippin' NJ, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Um, you know, thank you guys for joining us all week long. Uh, shout to my son for uh, checking in this morning. Shout to Attorney Benjamin Crump. Shout to uh, Stephen Jackson. Shout to all the listeners out there for calling in and checking in. We appreciate you, man. And just tried to open up the phone lines for you guys out there, you know. You know, usually this is where uh, Charlemagne does the positive note. Uh, but I just want to quote Martin Luther King Jr. this morning. You know, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Doesn't matter what you do, whether you post it, whether you donate, whether you help out by just talking about it. We have to do something.
breakfast club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done? Trap house mobs.